Hey, everybody. How you doing? Welcome to episode number 74 of the John Riley Project. It's August 29th, 2019. We're recording here late night on Thursday night. Just wrapped up the Padre Giants game. Padres victorious. Nice to see. Um, but, you know, we're now just in the podcast studio here in Poway, California, the city in the country. This is where we always capture all of our moments here on the John Riley Project. Um, man, there's so much going on right now. We're going to talk today about Chick-fil-A. We're going to talk about President Trump, about free speech. We're going to talk about um, uh, free free trade. So we've got a lot of different things we're going to get into. Um, but just want to give you an update on some different things that are happening in my world. I'll, I'll tell you what, earlier this week, we had two fantastic podcasts. We had David Leland joined us and we talked about the 2019 San Diego State Aztec football team. And we did a full breakdown of their schedule, their roster, talked a lot about what was going on with Aztec football. So they're going to be starting up Saturday night um, in a game here in San Diego against Weber State, KGB Sky Show. So love having David Leland on the show. Uh, David is just a really talented young man, really built to be in the sports journalism, sports broadcasting industry. So just love having him on. He has so much to offer. So I invite you to check out that podcast. If you're a San Diego State fan, a football fan, a San Diego sports fan, you're going to love it. Um, And then we also had my good friend Pete Neald came on and he brought along Mike Polite. Mike, one of San Diego's best known, well-liked car guys, uh, one of the most popular car guys here in San Diego. Um, and we got into a really interesting conversation about ordering a custom car and some of the things that happens behind the curtain, some of the tricks and different things that you might not be aware of if you ever really want to build that car to your exact specifications. And and really just some incredible stories uh, Mike shared about ordering custom Mercedes and people flying to Europe and driving their new car on the Autobahn in Germany. And and then all of this really interesting detail about how dealerships have allocation and, and how um, – how custom car buyers have to understand that process in order to really not only get the best deal, but really find the right dealership that can work with them to get a custom car ordered. So we talked about Mercedes. Hey, Pete was here. We talked Corvette. So if you... If you love cars, if your love of cars is your own pursuit of happiness, then you're going to love that podcast as well. So as a matter of fact, I'm recording this right now on Thursday night. We're going to be releasing the um, the custom car podcast on Friday morning. So that'll be available at 10 a.m. And then I'm going to release this podcast later on on Friday. Uh, so I'm just going to, you're going to get a double dose of me on Friday um, as we're approaching here the end of August. August, but other things going on in my world. Hey, I finally got my HOV sticker for my Hyundai Kona. So remember I tell you, I love my electric car and, you know, for me, it is my own pursuit of happiness. I, I love the electric car because of the technology, which I, I think is fantastic, but I love all the special benefits that I get. And there's a long list of them. Um, one of them is the fact that I can drive on the HOV lane for free 
by myself, which is a really incredible privilege. So, you know, here in San Diego and perhaps in other parts of California, they have these high occupancy vehicle lanes, HOV lanes, that are specially for either people that are carpooling or for rich people that want to spend money to drive on that lane. And so it allows you to avoid a lot of the traffic and saves you a great deal of time and frustration. Well, the beauty of having an electric car is that you get one of those HOV stickers for free. So it's a special privilege. And I I got my car in April of this year, but I dragged my feet. I don't think I actually applied for the HOV sticker till June. And then I, it just came in the mail about a week ago. So I put that on my car and man, I'm loving it. <laughs> so if you see me driving around in my black Hyundai Kona with a big smile on my face while you're stuck in traffic on the 15, um, well, I don't know. Maybe just a little bit of fun there. But I'm telling you, it makes a big difference. And I know for a lot of other people that live in highly congested areas, it, it's, a, it's the key reason that many people buy electric vehicles. In fact, one of my friends, his wife has an electric vehicle that she got specifically for that sticker and because she lives in the San Francisco Bay Area where the traffic can be unbelievable. So anyways, got that sticker, so I'm fired up about that. Um, like I said, the Padres just won tonight against the Giants, but I am still reeling from last night. You know, I had a bet. Like, I always have bets with my friend Dennis over at the Postal Annex right next to Target here in Poway. He's a big Dodger fan. And so we always have bets, and we had a bet on this series. Um, Whoever won the series gets the free lunch from the loser of the bet. And, boy, the Padres won the first game. The Dodgers won the second. And the Padres scrapped and clawed and tied the game in the bottom of the ninth in game three, only to completely piss the game away in the 10th when Luis Urias throws the ball away and the Dodgers score and won. And I'm telling you, it's a San Diego sports curse. It strikes again. So now I owe Dennis at Postal Annex another lunch. But I know going in, I'm a Padre guy. He's a Dodger guy. I know I'm going into this bet at a disadvantage, but it's a lot of fun. He's a good guy. So if you ever need... um Shipping, UPS, FedEx, if you need a notary, if you need a, you know, a P.O. box, uh, Dennis, great guy. He'll help you out if you need to package some things and, and send them on their way. And you don't want to be burdened with with boxes and tape and and peanuts and popcorn that they put into the into the box. He'll handle it all for you. So great guy. Dennis over at Postal Annex. Um, the other thing that I'm working on right now, and this is something I'm happy to share with you. It's sort of a work in progress, but I'm trying to come up with what I'm calling as sort of a North Star for this project, for the John Riley project. I'm trying to essentially figure out exactly what kind of a brand that I want to put out there. And I've, I've been working on this over time, and I think I've got a really good starter brand built. But I really want to try to take this to the next level. And I'm really trying to define what core benefit do I want to offer the audience? And a lot of times I'm, you know, in some cases we're educating the audience, some t- cases we're entertaining the audience, in some cases we're informing the audience. But I'm trying to really kind of craft that that main primary benefit that I'm bringing to the table. I'm trying to really trying to decide how do I want to affect the world around me? What imprint do I want this podcast to make on the world around me? And 
in doing so, I think it's going to give me even a higher purpose, even something above this notion of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness that I'm trying to put together with this podcast. Um, and I think if I can really craft that North Star just right, it's going to give me a great deal of clarity to decide which kind of guests to in, to invite, maybe to decline other kinds of guests potentially, but really more than anything to serve a sort of a motivational inspirational ideal that will fire me up and fire up all the people that come into interaction with this podcast, whether you're a guest or a listener. So this is something I'm kind of working on. And I'll tell you what, if if you have thoughts and opinions, I invite you to reach out to me and just send me a direct message um, in in Twitter. You can reach me, John Riley Poway. Send me a DM in Twitter um, or go on to Facebook, John Riley Project, and just send me a Facebook messenger note. I'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts on this. Let me ask you, what are you getting from this podcast? How is this podcast benefiting you? How is it positively affecting your life? I'd love to hear that from you. So please do share. Um, Okay, so let's get into (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Okay, so Chick-fil-A, I'll tell you what, um, this organization is something. I mean, they're, they're the, as you know, this is chicken sandwich phenom company that people love, um, but also a company that is owned by very religious owners. And those owners have put some of their own, I guess, religious principles, their, their values have greatly been ingrained in the business. Um, and sometimes those religious values can attract customers, in other cases, repel customers. So Chick-fil-A, always kind of a divisive topic when you bring it up. But, you know, people love their chicken. And I know my son absolutely loves Chick-fil-A. And um, for me, you know, I like it. It's good. I don't get incredibly excited. I think it's kind of expensive. Um, But I'll have it every once in a while, especially if my son really wants it. But I'll tell you what, they just had a, a grand opening of the Chick-fil-A here in Poway, California. And I'm telling you, there is a buzz in this town because of this restaurant opening up. I mean, there's excitement. There's been anticipation. People are excited that, hey, we got a new place in town. Uh, we've got the, this really big brand that is coming to town. So I think for some people, they feel it legitimizes Poway. Um, but I was just amazed. I, 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 the fine wife and I got in the car this evening and we drove down to Poway Road and checked it out. And sure enough, man, the, the place was full. There were people waiting in line outside, all the indoor and outdoor seating jam-packed, the drive through line really full. I mean, there was an electricity going on there. And it was very, very consistent with a lot of the photography and, and messaging that we saw on Facebook because it was on Facebook last night and tonight. I mean, a big part of it was the fact that Chick-fil-A had this thing they called the first 100 campout. And they invited people to come and have a sleepover waiting in line for the grand opening. It was almost like they were encouraging what happens naturally with Apple when they release an iPhone or what happens with Star Wars when they have a new movie that comes out where people wait in line to get in. Um, So they did that, but they're clever. The people at Chick-fil-A, I'll give them credit from a marketing perspective. They, They invited people. They said, if you come and camp out, we'll give you a free meal. And then they said, 
we're going to allow 100 to camp out. The first 100 can camp out, and you will be entered into a drawing. And if you're chosen, you will get free food for one full year. And wow. So a lot of people were fired up for that. In fact, some friends of mine actually did camp out there last night. So We'll find out who ended up winning that raffle. That's a big deal. And it's another part of the buzz that's been created around this Chick-fil-A. And for a lot of us in Poway, everyone are where a lot of us are very interested in new restaurants. There used to be a Coco's at this location. In fact, one that my family used to go to quite a bit. They eventually closed down. And that site had been vacant for a very long time, for probably five years, maybe even longer than five years. And they finally now just bulldozed the building, rebuilt it. And so it opened up tonight. But there has been in social media here locally in Poway, really interesting conversation that I think I think you'll find this interesting if you live in Poway or even if you don't live in Poway, because a lot of these topics um, span really any city in America. And so what, what had happened is, um, the photography that was on Facebook showing the excitement, the crowds, the people coming, there was like legitimate buzz around this. But then there were a lot of photo ops with a lot of dignitaries, with city councilmen, you know, our mayor, Steve Voss was there, ribbon cutting ceremony. So all the pomp and circumstance, the fanfare was there. And so you saw a lot of this photography of our business leaders there at the grand opening. And for some you mean, for most of us, you see that and you're thinking, yeah, OK, that's kind of typical political stuff. You know, the politicians always trying to seek more publicity, politicians trying to look like a good guy um, or a good, you know, a good, also let me just say a good person to keep it gender neutral, a good person in the community supporting local business. Um, and this is kind of part of the PR that you would expect from politicians. So it didn't really shock me at first, but then suddenly people on Facebook were saying, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. How come the city council are at the Chick-fil-A grand opening, but they're not at the grand opening for all of these other restaurants and mom and pop businesses? And what's going on? Is the city council, are they promoting Chick-fil-A? And I started looking at this and you know what? On the city of Poway's Facebook page, sure enough, there are big conversation about the grand opening of Chick-fil-A. And then I started thinking, well, are they promoting it or are they just, again, are the city leaders just publicity seekers, you know, really trying to get out there, meet people, show goodwill? Is that what it really is? And I, depending on your perspective, I think you can see it from both both angles. Um, but it got it got to the conversation of really what should be the local government's role from an official perspective when it comes to these kinds of businesses. And in my opinion, in a free market, which is what I advocate, free markets, that's why this podcast, Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness, Liberty is about free markets. So in a free market, really, government should be agnostic to individual businesses, in my opinion, because government should not show any favorability or disfavorability to any company. Government really should be neutral when it comes to these organizations. Now, obviously, if a business violates the law, that's a whole separate topic. But in terms of promoting them or tilting the playing field to help certain businesses, I don't think that's the right thing to do. Um, and I've, I've often you know, scorn the people in Washington, D.C. for their central planning. You know, this this notion of 
overly regulating the economy. And it leads to all these distortions. Companies get most favored status. Other companies bear the price of it. It it, it ends up rigging markets to favor the rich. Uh, We see that at the national level. But even at the local scope, it's interesting because – I'm I'm cautious and concerned because the the city council does have a great degree of power when it comes to deciding which businesses come to Poway, which businesses um, are essentially shunned or tr- discouraged, and in some cases, what businesses are illegal. And the city of Poway is has declared that they don't want to have any um, marijuana dispensaries, which I think, by the way, is a huge problem. Marijuana dispensaries, well, first of all, we already have a lot of liquor stores in Poway. So to show consistency on that level, to avoid hypocrisy on that level, you should have um, marijuana dispensaries or at least allow them to exist um, because it is legal in the state of California. But on top of it, it's a medic- has medicinal value. And for veterans, veterans with PTSD, for people that have epilepsy, for people that have a whole series of other kinds of medical conditions, this sort of thing provides amazing relief to people. And so it's, it's bothersome to me that from our city council perspective, they have essentially declared a moral statement and put it into law banning any kind of medical marijuana or even recreational marijuana dispensaries in the city of Poway, which I think is a problem. And so when it gets to this point of the gov- the local government, you, you see cronyism. You also see this sort of tilting or, or overly regulated marketplaces. And, you know, I, I think that's a problem. And so when, when I saw people on Facebook bringing up this issue, hey, what are the city councilmen doing? Are city council members promoting the business? And I thought, you know, I get why why they're there. Um, I get why the mayor wants to be at a ribbon cutting ceremony, why the political, uh, you know, the city council members want to be there. You see them at a lot of other grand openings. Now, I'm not keeping score to find out which businesses they're there and which ones they're not. There are some people in town that are really concerned about that. And I think that's a fair point. You would hope that businesses or at least the local leaders would be consistent on that level. But, you you know, you never see a a politician will rarely shy away from a photo op, especially um, like our mayor, Steve Voss, who's running for supervisor in 2020. And we're going to have two of our city council members that will be running for a reelection in 2020. So it's not surprising that they're there. But really, you would hope that the Chamber of Commerce would be taking the driver's seat on a lot of this, that the president of the chamber would be playing the more featured role when it comes to a lot of these ribbon cutting ceremonies, because after all, that's what the the chamber is a private organization. The chamber exists to promote the business community in town. That's where I would like to see. That's who really should be promoting businesses, not local leaders. Now, are these local leaders promoting Chick-fil-A? I don't know if they're they're not really in cahoots with Chick-fil-A, I don't think, but they're certainly willing participants. um, And it's playing out where, you know, they're they're at the photo op. It's essentially an endorsement of what's happening with the Chick-fil-A being brought to Poway. But it, it is interesting to me because the city council was deeply involved with Chick-fil-A from the very beginning. So when they had 
Well, deeply involved. Let me, from a PR perspective, they were deeply involved. So when when Coco's was blown out, they bulldozed it, and then they had the groundbreaking ceremony. You know, with where the politicians show up with the hard hats and the golden shovels. Well, I think four of our five council members were there um, doing that photo op, and I was thinking about it today, and I thought, you know what? Is I'll bet you that Chick Fil A, just like you would expect from any national uh, franchise or national brand, probably has a very well crafted and detailed rollout plan for any of their grand openings. And those kinds of large corporations know how to play the game. They know what buttons to push. They know what kind of affiliation to uh, to have. They know who to cozy up to. And when they're invited to do the grand open or the, to do the groundbreaking, when they have a big publicity event for the grand opening, including this, you know, this first 100 camp out where people are literally you know, sleeping over in front of the restaurant the night before, they know how to play it. And so they know how to essentially be friendly with the local government officials and they know how that plays to their favor. And I think we are seeing this. So I think, again, it's not just a well-crafted marketing plan, but it's a well-crafted business strategy from their perspective. And some small businesses, mom and pop businesses, often don't do that, largely because either they don't have the resources to do it or they don't have the knowledge or they don't understand the strategy. And so you don't see that. But what is interesting, and, and we talked about this gentleman, we had a tribute to this gentleman in our podcast number two. We're on number 74 right now. But in podcast number two, we had a big shout out to Phil Spear. Rest in peace, Phil Spear, a man that was really an icon here in Poway, the owner of the hamburger factory. Phil Spear, very good businessman, helped build that restaurant and really made it a focal point in the city of Poway. But he's very smart and and he got a tremendous amount of experience working for Ray Kroc in the McDonald's you know, corporate offices and managing and, and, and overseeing a great number of restaurants and franchises around America. He understood the way the game is played, and he applied those learnings, those skills and experience when he opened up an independent restaurant, and he did so well. So it's interesting where these corporate entities know the playbook. They know what to do and they execute that. And that's why they do well. And it is nice to see that some independent businesses can can play that game as well, provided they have the knowledge and experience. And I think Phil Spear, again, huge props to Phil Spear. Um, he knew how to do that. And you know, he invites city council people over to his restaurant for events. He hosts events at his restaurant all the time. That's like he has a big um, meeting room that is there at the hamburger factory. In fact, he invites candidates to post their political signs in his restaurant. When I was a candidate in 2014, he had my sign up in his restaurant, which I was honored that he did that. But I know from his perspective, I know he liked me and I liked him. But I know that it was a strategic move for him as well because it built that affinity, that connection with not only myself, but with the community and the people that supported me when I ran for election. So it's interesting to see how that plays out. Um, But the other part of this story with Chick-fil-A, and you can't avoid it typically, is the whole notion of this anti-gay position that – and I don't know if it's the 
company itself or it's the owners of the company, but I know that there have been donations made to certain organizations that oppose the gay rights agenda. And for some people, that's a really big deal. For some people, it's a big deal because they share that opinion as the Chick-fil-A owners. For others, they oppose that opinion that they are instead a supporter of equal rights for all, um, which I am, a huge supporter of equality under the law. Um, So you're seeing that play out. So when some of these people are angry at Chick-fil-A, we know they're angry on many levels. They see the council members there. They wonder why they're not seeing the council members at other events they very well may be at those other events. It just hasn't gotten the publicity that this Chick-fil-A event has gotten. Again, largely due to the marketing strategy of the company. But protesters to this event are also upset with Chick-fil-A because of this anti-gay position and a number of other issues that have all played into this. That's why I said there's so many different angles to it. But I will tell you this, in a free market, and that's why I'm a big believer in free markets, You can live your life according to your own values, and that's the beauty of a free market. So if you love Chick-fil-A and you think they make the greatest chicken in the world or you like them because of their political position, then by all means, go out there and buy and show them your support. But if you oppose Chick-fil-A, if you oppose them for their political positions, if you oppose them because of the way the grand opening was rolled out. If you oppose them for the perspective of climate change, and we saw that online where people were objecting to them because they installed a drive through line at Chick-fil-A and people were objecting to that because of the increased carbon emissions from the cars waiting in line. But that, again, that was probably more of a critique of the city council because they don't have a climate change plan. But anyways, what I'm getting at is if for whatever, whatever, whatever reason you don't support Chick-fil-A, then by all means, don't support them. And that's the beauty of a free market is that we can choose who we want to transact with. We can express our own values in the way we do business. And I think that's a beautiful thing. So just live according to your values. So. That's the piece on Chick-fil-A. We'll see how this all goes. I know when my son gets back in town, he's going to want to go because he always goes to the one in Carmel Mountain Ranch. So now there's an alternative one for him to visit. Um, He makes his decision strictly on the basis of the chicken alone. I know that. I know from a political perspective, he's not aligned with them, but that doesn't seem to sway him in how he chooses to shop for his food. But um, anyways, we'll see how this all rolls out. But it is an exciting thing here in Poway. There's literally people are fired up, uh, people giddy about the newness, the excitement, the new restaurant, going there and seeing big crowds, running into people they know. Uh, So it's been a big deal here in town. Okay, so I invite you always, if you want to continue this conversation, reach out to me on social media. You can visit me on my Facebook page at John Riley Project. I also have this special closed group called the John Riley Project Insiders Group. There you can join me where I post bonus content. Sometimes we have more intimate conversations with some of the more hardcore fans of this podcast. I invite you to join us there. You got to answer one or two questions. They're really simple. I approve everyone to join. So seek that one out. John Riley Project Insiders Group on Facebook. You can also also reach me on Twitter. Uh, my handle there, John Riley Poway, and also on Instagram, John Riley Poway. And if you have more to share on this conversation, you have some opinions or thoughts, let me know because I'm all ears. 
years. And I'll tell you what, if you've got a good point to make, I'm going to bring it up in a future podcast. If you want to join me here on the podcast and have an episode and we have a conversation here live on camera, reach out to me. We can discuss Chick-fil-A. We can discuss any number of issues. Let me know. Okay, let's move on. And we're going to talk about President Trump and a couple of topics here with him. And I'm I'm not trying to – it's funny. When these issues come up with President Trump, he is just a treasure trove of content for this podcast. I mean, I could literally comment on everything he does every day. And I try not to do that. But sometimes some of the things he says or comments on or some of the reaction in the community is just so interesting how – it plays nicely into this notion of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Sometimes it's aligned with that, but more often it's not aligned. It's in violation of our inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So, But sometimes I just got to comment. So the, here's the latest interesting one, and it's another one that happened here in Poway, of all places, is that there is a person that is flying a Trump flag um, out in front of their house along a very busy stretch of road on Community Road just south of Twin Peaks. And this sign or this flag says Trump 2020, no more bullshit. (laughs) And so it's clearly visible as you're driving down the road. And you can imagine that people are shrieking and they're outraged. And I think there was a news segment on one of our San Diego television stations about this flag. And what it is, I I had never seen it. I never really paid attention to it. And so today on my drive to check out the Chick-fil-A grand opening, the fine wife and I drove down Community Road and we checked out this flag. And what it is, is this guy has... It's along Community Road, which is a busy street. So they have these large, um, you know, soundproof walls that are probably about 12 feet tall or so. And on top of that wall, he has five flags that are posted. I saw one of them look like one of the POW MIA flags from the Vietnam War. I think one of them was um, a Marines flag, I believe, a United States Marine Corps flag. Looked like there were two different American flags, and then there was this Trump 2020 no more bullshit flag. And there it is, man, plain as day. And it was um, in the wind there. And I saw this and I'm like, oh man, this is just, this is a guy that's intentionally poking the bear. You know he is. I assume it's a he. Uh, but when a person puts a flag out like that, they're not only proudly telling everyone how they feel about President Trump, but they're also sticking it to the people that don't like President Trump, which makes it so fascinating. Now, definitely, and I've seen some comments from a lot of families and a lot of other individuals here in Poway, definitely there is legitimate concern from parents uh, trying to explain this to their children. I mean, there was one woman that was commenting how, you know, her son or her daughter, I can't remember which one, was talking about the flag and asking their parents questions about the flag. And the parents are like, oh, my God, why do I have to endure this? Um, because this this Yahoo over here is po- putting up this Trump flag. And it's, it's interesting. And it, that's a legitimate issue. You know, you see profanity like that, and that, that gets people upset. Um, and then other people are just upset because it's a Trump flag. Now, granted, we're here in Poway. Poway definitely is leans more Republican. I think if you were to look at the demographics and the voting behavior, I would imagine Poway, majority of it went to Trump, one of the few Republican 
precincts or zip codes in the city of San Diego or in the county of San Diego. In fact, our mayor, uh, Steve Voss, you know, a very, you know, hardcore uh, traditional Republican. So it's really no surprise that there's a lot of Trump supporters in Poway. Um, But there are some people here that don't like Trump and they're like shrieking because there's a big Trump flag as well. So this invites a lot of interesting angles to this from a political perspective. And one of them is free speech. So then you have to ask yourself, should this guy be allowed to fly a flag that says Trump 2020, no more bullshit? And, you know, I, I, in my opinion, I think the answer is absolutely yes. It definitely should be legal for him to do it. Now, is it, is it moral to use profanity like that? I think no. I don't think that's good behavior. I don't think that's ethical. I don't think that's decent uh, to do, especially in a community that you live in and you want to build positive emotional relationships with the people that you live around. Uh, But I definitely think it should be legal. Uh, So that's why I'm very interested to see what are the angles some of the opponents are going to use to try to tear that flag down. Uh, I think we're going to probably see something from this, especially since it was recently featured on the ABC affiliate here in San Diego County. But it also um, invites questions around property rights. If this is this individual's property, shouldn't he be allowed to put a flag on his property? Because after all, it's his property. And as long as he's not damaging others, not infringing on the rights of others, he should be allowed to do that. But then that gets into a lot of regulatory issues. And then we have a sign ordinance in Poway, which is also a really interesting topic because in 2014, which was, again, that was the election that I ran in, there was a tremendous amount of signage in what is called the public right of way, which is kind of on street corners or along uh, along the edge of the road where it's not necessarily in the private property space. It's really more in the public space. In the city of San Diego, they never allowed signs in those spots. Of course, it never discouraged political sign people from putting them there, even against the law. Poway never had that law. And so in 2014, we saw a tremendous amount of signage, and it got to the point where people got so angry that the city council passed a law to prohibit that kind of signage. And they said signage can only exist if it's on private property, and even then, it has to be within a certain size. It can't exceed, and I can't remember the dimensions, but it can't exceed a certain size limit, or else it's declared illegal. And People are wondering, well, if this is this flag a violation of the political sign ordinance in Poway? So you see people angling to find a way to tear it down. Um, but the political sign piece in Poway, I always thought, I I always thought was a was the wrong was the wrong law. Again, I'm a big free speech guy, free expression guy. When I saw the political campaign season and all these signs, and I will say in that 2014 election, there was a ton of signs. I like that. I think that's a celebration of free speech, of free expression. It's a celebration of an election season where we're going to see potentially new leaders coming forth. In my opinion, that's what makes America great, is that your ability to do that. But there were a lot of people that hated it. They didn't like the clutter. They thought it was messy. They thought it was annoying. And so the city council voted to to make those signs illegal. But it is interesting because the city council, 
who ha- now have the advantage of incumbency, every election they run for, they'll be running up against a challenger that has far less name recognition than the incumbent does. Now that challenger is going to be a disadvantage because they'll have more challenges getting their name out. They'll have more challenges building their celebrity and being known. And so the city council, I think that sign ordinance, whether it was intended for or not, has a has a pro-incumbency effect to it, which is also very discouraging. But some people also brought up the notion of the signage policy here in town and how there's such inconsistency where the businesses are allowed to have any kind of sign they want uh, in many cases. In fact, the, 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 the city allows businesses to have signs that are much larger than political signs and frequently will make exceptions to the rule to allow special event signage and all kinds of crazy things that will occur. And yet for political signs, those are the ones that are contained, suppressed, oppressed. And I think that's a problem. Uh, So I would encourage the city of Poway, I would encourage every city to not have these ridiculous sign these sign ordinances, I mean, if no one's being damaged, if no one's um, seeing that their rights are damaged, their property rights are damaged, then I'll tell you what, man, let your freak flag fly, baby. And if that's a Trump flag, man, freaking go for it. If it's it's a flag representing some other person, some other cause, go for it. Um, You know, you see a lot of military flags in town, Go for it. <laughs> so I have no problem with people expressing themselves. So uh, this guy, I mean, if it were up to me, I'm not a Trump supporter, but if it were up to me, I wouldn't have had profanity on the sign. But that guy's clearly trying to provoke. But I still think it should be made legal. And I'm curious to see what happens. So free speech all the way. Okay, so there's one other angle to President Trump. And this goes to free trade. And If you remember, it happened over the weekend where Trump issued a tweet in response to China, um, which had recently increased tariffs on imports into China, all part of this ridiculous, foolish, idiotic trade war that's going on right now. And, you know, according to this article from AP News, and I will link the article in the show notes, um, it said this. It said, Trump fired off on Twitter, declaring to American companies, quote, are hereby ordered to immediately start looking for an alternative to China, unquote. He later clarified that he was threatening to make use of the International Emergency Economic Powers Act in the trade war, raising questions about the wisdom and propriety of making the 1977 act used to target rogue regimes, terrorists and drug traffickers drug traffickers, the newest weapon in the clash between world's largest economies. So, yeah, wow. So there's so much to this. Okay, first of all, um, the whole idea of having an alternative to China, that was what TPP was supposed to be about, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, something that Trump condemned and insisted he was going to tear up the minute he got into office. And which he did. And he um, you know, rejected that deal. 
In fact, he made such a compelling case for it that the Democrats, Hillary Clinton, also came out against TPP. What was TPP? What was the Trans-Pacific Partnership? What that was is was a conglomeration of Asian nations, and I think maybe even some Latin American nations, but not China, to work with the United States, Canada, Mexico in a freer trade environment. It wasn't perfectly free trade, but it was freer than what had existed before. And it was meant to create a competitive force against China so that there were advantages for companies to do business, let's just say with companies in um, in Singapore, in Vietnam, in the Philippines, in Japan or South Korea. Any of these nations could be very compelling alternatives to China from a competitive perspective, particularly if it is a freer trade environment with less regulations, less tariffs, potentially no tariffs. And to me, when I when TPP came forward, it wasn't perfect in my opinion. There were definitely flaws in it, but it was it was a incremental progress in the right direction. And so I was a supporter of it. And now I see Trump demanding alternatives to China when he had one in his hands and he rejected it already, which is just nonsense. Um, But what the reason the TPP was killed really was a lot about this fear mongering, this stoking of fear that was going on during the 2016 election cycle where he was trying to win a lot of blue collar votes. Now again, a lot of a lot of people that were in the manufacturing industries and blue collar industries had lost their jobs. The myth was that they were lost to overseas uh, positions, and that is true in some cases, but the majority of it was lost to automation, and that's been proven. But still, people have seen China rise. People have seen companies outsource to China, which definitely has existed. So people naturally um, or maybe irrationally blamed China. And here comes Trump comes along, someone that's going to do something about it. And then, oh, my God, here's TPP, which is an expansion of the same idea. More jobs, more opportunity being outsourced to other uh, places in Asia. Um, Trump played that and Trump played it well and it worked for him as we saw where certain states in the Midwest flipped to Trump and that ultimately became the decisive factor in the 2016 election. Um, So there's a lot of politics to this, but the whole idea of ordering companies, and that's what he said. He said, American companies are hereby ordered to immediately start looking for an alternative to China. This idea of ordering companies who to do business with, I mean, that's authoritarianism. It's really, it's it's fascism to a great degree, particularly in light of these nationalistic policies, protectionist policies. It's, you know, it's the strong arming of government over the economy, which is one aspect of fascism. And so I see that, and to me, that's scary. When when the government authorities are telling people, I order you not to do business here, you must do it over there instead. But a lot of this shtick, you know, this this protectionist angle has really been part of Trump's um, brand, part of Trump's um, talking points really since the 1980s, because he was always harping on Japan back then. Um, 
you know, shrieking about how Japan was a threat to America and demanding protectionist policies to block Japan. Um, in the end, I don't know how in the hell this guy got an MBA from from Wharton because it's it's as if he doesn't understand basic economics. So on one angle, maybe that's the case. On the other angle, it's really all part of this misdirection, this fake news, this alternative facts um, to really play the game, to know what kind of buttons to push. Um, because he knows that by stoking these protectionist ideas, these protectionist principles, there's a certain faction of people in society that are going to rise up and support him for it. But I got to break it down. And I've, I've done this before, but I need to do it again because it's so important. The trade deficit it people have a misunderstanding of what this all represents. So first of all, People think when they see a trade deficit that America has a deficit in trading with China, that there's more cash going to China and more products coming to America than the opposite. Well, first of all, companies don't, excuse me, countries do not trade with each other. America doesn't trade with, with China. That doesn't happen. Companies trade with companies. People trade with people. People trade with companies. Nations don't trade. What a trade deficit is, is just an aggregation. It's an economic, um, an economics um, calculation of the addition of all the buying and selling that happens to occur. And then they say, oh, there's a surplus or a deficit, but depending on if more cash is coming your way or more product is coming your way. But it's just so nonsense. It's the trade deficits don't mean anything. They don't because each transaction is balanced. It's cash for goods. Each trade is balanced. So the idea that there's a surplus, I mean, I have a, I have a trade deficit with my grocery store. I give them a lot of my cash, but I get food in return. So it's not like I lost anything. That's how Trump positions this. And this is the part that drives me nuts about him is that he sees the world as win-lose rather than as win-win. But trade is win-win because when someone buys a product, they're buying it because they value that product more than the money they're spending on it. So they win. And when a seller sells a product, they're selling it at a price that's higher than what it costs them to create it. So for them, it's a win. So when two people freely trade, it's a win-win outcome. It's not win-lose. That's the whole nonsense of these trade deficits. They're being positioned as a loss, and it's not a loss. Now, a budget deficit, which is totally different, that has serious meaning, but a trade deficit means nothing. So if if manufacturers in China are inexpensive, inexpensively selling a product that we want, then that's a great thing. We should be buying as much of it as we can. You know why? Because if we can buy products that we want less expensively from companies that are creating them in China, that means that we have more money left over in our wallet. 
we have more money to spend on other things, more money to invest in companies in America. You know, we'll let China do a lot of the rote work, the, um, you know, the low margin work while we can focus our attention, our investments on high margin, innovative, high technology opportunities here in the United States. So, um, in my opinion, free trade is which is what we should be supporting. Free trade, which is trade with zero tariffs, is the best that we can hope for because free trade creates jobs. The perception of those that don't understand, they think free trade loses jobs because they think all those jobs are going to go overseas. They don't look at the cascading effect from what happens. Because we have more money left over in our pocket, we can then invest and spend in America, which are going to create more jobs, more higher value jobs here domestically, even if some jobs are lost internationally. Um, and then it, and on top of it is if, if um, tariffs are applied, that just raises the cost of the product here in the United States. That penalizes Americans. And that's what people have often talked about. Tariffs are a tax. Tariffs are a corporate tax because they're applied directly on the corporation that imports those products at the port of uh, duty. And then that, that corporation passes along that cost, that tax, that added expense all the way down the supply chain to distributors, to resellers, to retailers, and eventually to the end consumer. So in the end, Tariffs are paid by consumers, as all corporate taxes are. They're always paid by the consumer. Tax, uh, tariffs are also damaging to the American economy. I mean, we saw that going into the Great Depression. You know, a lot of people blame the Great Depression on the stock market collapse. When was that? 1929. Um, but really, that stock market collapse on its own would have been a recession. But it was the policies that came after that, the restriction in the money supply, but even more importantly, the Smoot-Hawley tariffs that was a, was a flawed policy of protectionism to try to protect American workers ended up harming the, the economy and really spun the economy into a depression. Smoot-Hawley, if you don't know about that, go watch the movie Ferris, Bueller Day, Ferris Bueller's Day Off classic scene with um, our friend Ben Stein, the history teacher in that movie, asking about um, Smoot-Hawley tariffs. But really, if you don't know about it, look them up because they were a key, a key reason why America went into the Great Depression. And it very, very, very well may be one of the reasons that America may go into a recession. Um, so it, to me, it, it's just it's just awful. What Trump needs to do here is quit the BS about ordering companies who to do business with. Quit the BS of this trade war, which is damaging, which has really now become a battle of egos, a battle of who's going to lose face first. It's, it's a game of chicken, and games of chicken always end badly. So the right thing to do here is to end the tariffs, end this penalty on our own people. Tariffs are a self-inflicted wound. End this business tax, which consumers end up paying for uh, paying. Um, tariffs are also wiping out 
the tax cuts that many people enjoyed. Some people have said that households are spending about $1,000 more per year on goods because of those tariffs. So this is nonsense. We're harming ourselves. China doesn't pay tariffs on imports into the United States. Americans pay them. These need to be cut. Now, one legitimate criticism of that happens in the Chinese economy is there are cases of intellectual property theft. Well, the way you battle that is not by applying tariffs on products that are being sold legally that have no theft uh, or intellectual property issues at all. The way you resolve that is you block the import of specifically of those products where intellectual property theft has occurred and that you also pursue those cases in international courts of law and apply pressure diplomatically and using other means. But you don't use a self-inflicted wound on your own people to try to get back on another nation. So I don't know. Maybe that flag guy is right. Hey, Trump, no more bullshit. (laughs) Drop the trade war, drop these ridiculous tariffs and quit the nonsense about ordering companies where they should do business with. Okay. Wow. So we've just covered free speech, free trade, President Trump, Chick-fil-A, corporate cronyism, um, local local politics, local government leaders as a microcosm of some of the the gamesmanship and cronyism that occurs in Washington, D.C., covered a lot of issues. So if you like what we're talking about, and I, and I did, I extended that at the beginning of the podcast. I'm asking you, are, are you liking this? Are you getting value out of this? If you are, let me know. I'm trying to come up with this North Star, this um, really positioning statement that, that describes the impact that I'm trying to make with my audience. And I'm working through a creative process right now. If you like this podcast, let me know. Send me a note, direct message me on Twitter at John Riley Poway. Send me a note on Facebook Messenger at John Riley Project. I would love to hear from you. But if you don't want to reach out, but you do like what we're doing, you can help me. And this would be one thing that'd be very, very helpful. The first thing you can do is watch or listen to every episode. This is episode 74. So watch or listen to any of these. Now, they're on all the popular audio-only podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. It's also on every episode's on YouTube, so you can check it out there. Um, please share this with three people. You might have a couple of people in mind, maybe your your spouse, maybe it's your next door neighbor, maybe it's your buddy that you, you get together with on Fridays uh, to watch uh, you know ball games or to watch uh, NFL on Sunday, which is going to be starting here in a couple of weeks. Find three people and tell them about the John Riley Project. It's a podcast about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's a guy in Poway here in San Diego County does this podcast talking about current events, current issues, talking about culture. Sometimes we talk about cars. We talk about sports. We talk about entrepreneurship and capitalism. We talk about um, difficult issues like diversity and inclusion. We talked a great deal about the fallout from the Poway Chabad shooting. We get into a lot of really interesting areas. We're even getting involved in self-improvement, a lot of different topics we're covering. Share this with three people. Pick two people that you think that might enjoy it, but then you know there's someone that you know might not like this at all. Pick them and offer it up and see what they think and see if we can surprise some people. So, uh, yeah, share this with some folks. If you like what we're doing and if you think we deserve it, 
leave us a positive review. Go on to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating if you think you de- we deserve it. That would be really helpful. Um, and also follow us on social media. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. We're working on building up our numbers in social media. We're working to build up our subscriptions. Any bit helps. It adds legitimacy to this podcast project, and your support is so appreciated. And the other thing you can do is go to my website, johnreillyproject.com. You can sign up on the email list, and you can financially contribute as a, as a company sponsor or even as an individual uh, donor. So we love your support anyway. So now we're here at the end, and I always give a final quote, and I'm going to pick this quote from the founder of Chick-fil-A. This person's name is S. Initial S, Truett Cathy, which is interesting. I need to learn more about this person because it's the last name is Cathy, which is normally a woman's first name. Um, and the first letter is the first word is just the initial S, like almost like our old pal H. Ross Perot. Um, anyways, the founder of Chick-fil-A made this statement. I think this is a good one. Each person's destiny is not a matter of chance. It's a matter of choice. It's determined by what we say what we do, and whom we trust. Now, this is a really powerful statement. So now, is this 100% true? No, but it's darn close to the truth. Because, and we talk about this, the reason why this podcast is about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, the life part is that you own your own life, that you can control your own life to a very great degree, and that If you take that kind of ownership and control of your life, you can do great things in your life. So when this person says your destiny is a matter of choice, it's determined by what we say, what we do, and whom we trust, there's a great deal of truth to that. And it's, it's a great deal of what I believe. Now, obviously, there's chance involved. We're all born into different circumstances. Some of us are born rich. Some are born poor. Some are born to be incredible athletes, and some definitely are not. Some are born very uh, that are uh, with very good genes. Some not so. Some are intelligent. Some not so. Some people are born tall, and others are born short. We all are born with certain advantages and disadvantages, and that definitely is a degree of chance. But you know what? We all have the opportunity to make something of our own life, to take whatever starting position we're given in life and to improve on that and to better ourselves, to hashtag be better. So um, I think there's a great deal of truth to this. And I'll repeat it. Each person's destiny is not a matter of chance. It's a matter of choice. It's determined by what we say, what we do, and whom we trust. So there it is. So this is the John Riley Project. It's episode number 74. I'm in a good mood. The Padres beat the Giants uh, five to three tonight. So hopefully the Padres will have a strong finish to the season. Um, And it's late at night. What time is it now? It's like uh, 1037 on Thursday, August 29th, 2019. This is John Riley. I'm signing off. We'll see you later, folks. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.